podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. If you are listening to this podcast, you may also enjoy my other show, Red Inca. It's a podcast about stories and issues in cricket, told by the experts who have followed it or the people who've lived them. We've had Dan Norcross talking about cricket commentary, Wright Thompson on his Sachin Tendulkar piece, and a bunch of cricketers like Andrew Balburnie, Tamal Mill, Sean Masood, and Alex Hartley. It's a weekly podcast with a different theme for every show. Outside the TWGHS SC Gore Memorial College in Hong Kong is a roundabout. It has a raised concrete garden in the middle, and there are a few trees planted in it, and a little bit of grass. On that grass is so much dog shit. The sheer logistics of taking your dog out to the middle of a roundabout, getting it to scale the one metre wall or hoisting it up there yourself, shows that when it comes to Hong Kong, there just isn't much lawn. I'm at that school because of Emma Lai, who is inside and she's coaching cricket. There's no grass inside the school at all. In Hong Kong parks, you're not even allowed to walk in the grass, but Emma Lai does because she's a cricketer. Welcome to Double Century. This episode, we're traveling to Hong Kong to meet the former Hong Kong women's captain, Emma Lai. It's not a well-known story, but her tale is remarkable and shows what we can do with our sport. Inside the Gore Memorial College, 70 students are undergoing cricket coaching, learning fielding and throwing. They do it all on a basketball court. They shout, throw, fumble, and love every minute of it. Standing in the middle of this madness, wearing a cricket Hong Kong training kit, is their coach, Wing Ki Lai, or as her Hong Kong teammates know her, Emma Lai. When Lai went to school, girls didn't play sport. PE was only a small part of the curriculum to start with. But when it was taught, the girl's job was to stand in the background and cheer on the boys. The closest she ever got to regular sport was occasionally enjoying the use of a rowing machine. She also didn't much like school. So instead of going on to university, she went out and got a hotel management diploma. And soon after, she began working as a waitress. The place she waited tables at was the Hong Kong Cricket Club, and she had no interest in cricket. The fact that it was a cricket club meant nothing more to her than it would have if she was working in a French restaurant. When she did look over at the matches, she found them either confusing, boring, or both. The Hong Kong Cricket Club had a scheme for its employees. They could spend one hour a week learning to play cricket. Lai cared little about learning to play the game, but an hour off a week seemed like fun. She had played cricket once at school, when a visiting cricket demonstration demanded that the girls also play. She remembers bowling a ball that hit the wicketkeeper on the chin. And much like that first time, in her lessons at the Hong Kong Cricket Club, she showed promise straight away. Most of the rest of the staff hated it so much they never even came back for their second lesson. But by then the coach had seen so much potential in live that he convinced Rodney Miles, who was then the current Hong Kong Cricket Club chairman at the time, to ensure that she had more time off to learn cricket. Miles' wife, Anita, was a big supporter of women's cricket, and it was these three people who changed Lai's life. In just over a year from her first lesson, she was in the Hong Kong squad that travelled to Kuwait. A year later, she played her first game against Thailand. She batted three. Cricket Hong Kong's office is in the Olympic House, next to Hong Stadium. It's in a building where many sports and ministry bodies are housed. Cricket is surrounded by basketball, tennis, and triathlon not to mention Little League and windsurfing. As many staff as possible are crammed into a small, long office, along with 50 boxes of balls. There isn't much space for the people or facilities here, and the head coach and the analyst have to work from home. 
Lai has a desk, and this is where she plans her time as the cricket officer for Cricket Hong Kong. She runs and plans coaching clinics. She conducts demonstrations in schools. She visits at least four or five a week and also does some promotion. For all that, she makes less now than she did as a waitress. Her father supports her career choice, but has yet to see his daughter play. Her mother wishes she would just go back and get a real job, plus the standard stuff like finding a husband. And she's only seen her daughter play once. While Lai understands her mother's angst, she's living her dream, working in cricket, and while the salary may not be great, she lives and breathes the game. Lai's working day starts with her making her way to a 7am training session with the Hong Kong women's team, which she then leaves early so she can run her first school session. She then goes to the office for admin before heading to her second school session. Finally, she finishes the day with a training session for her club team, which finishes at 8.30pm. This game has taken her to places like Kuwait, China, England, Australia, Malaysia, Japan, Sri Lanka, India, and Mauritius. She got to spend two weeks with the Perth Scorchers under a program the ICC funded. These aren't things that most waitresses get to do. Lai boasts about a broken finger she got playing cricket. It's the kind of deformity you see on the hands of wicketkeepers. She claims a top score of 66, but it is almost impossible to find details of much of her career. That's because women's cricket women's cricket at the associate level and women's club cricket at the associate level are three things that cricket's obsession for scorecards has largely overlooked. Her top score for Hong Kong is 40 off 39 balls, including six fours. And when I asked her about this, she paused, got out her phone and looked it up to make sure. And she has taken wickets for Hong Kong a few times, but her favorite figures are actually none for four from four overs with all of the runs coming from wides. She wants to be an all-rounder, but most of her bowling for Hong Kong has been when she's captain. She says she bowls a lot of slow in-swingers and thinks she would be better if they were quicker. Her coaches, though, they believe that she would be better if she was more consistent. As quickly as she has developed her cricket skills, and that has been through a combination of Cricket Hong Kong and the Hong Kong Cricket Club, she lacks the kind of things that you pick up playing just by playing a lot of cricket. She thinks that in one year she gets to play about 15 days of cricket. To make up for it, she has become obsessed by watching as much as she can, especially women's cricket, on TV or live streamed. Lai is often called the captain of the Hong Kong women's team. The Perth Scorchers press release title was Hong Kong skipper to join the Scorchers. But she isn't usually the captain. She did captain Hong Kong to the final of the East Asia Women's T20 Championship, trying to beat them. But at the moment, she's just a player, one who often has to fight her way back into the side and is clearly still learning the game. And she does have much to learn. While her coaches talk about her being a natural athlete and someone who has come on incredibly quickly, as many of the Chinese origin players in the Hong Kong system have done, she and her teammates are starting from not just zero cricket knowledge, but an athletic experience of near zero. When Lai leads a young school team in basic fielding drills on a basketball court near the school, it is clear that these kids, all around the age of 11, have no sporting background. A drill where they have to underarm the ball to each other is a disaster. Few can underarm straight, and even fewer can catch the balls if they come to them. Sport is still not part of the culture in Hong Kong, and this is why Lai is so important. She may never be a great player, but as a role model, a coach, a promoter, and a cricket evangelist, she can get more people playing the game in her country. That is eventually going to be far more important than any in-swingers she can deliver. The Tin Kuang Road Recreation Ground, or Mission Road Cricket Ground as it's sometimes known, is managed by the Leisure and Cultural Service Department of the Hong Kong government. 
It is a tier four ground, according to the Hong Kong government, which means it is not seen as an elite sporting facility. And the staff are not the best groundsmen in Hong Kong. The softball stadium next door has a higher rating of two, and that ground also has lights. There were no lights at the Mission Road ground when I visited, and there isn't really much of anything else. It doesn't look like an international cricket ground, or even that much of a special club cricket ground. The tattered and barely professional outfield is looked after by the government, and sometimes football is played on it. The square has turf pitches and one synthetic wicket, and is looked after by Cricket Hong Kong, because it is, in the absence of anything better, the home of international cricket there. The men's team get access to the ground for three hours a week, and in total, Cricket Hong Kong gets 14 hours a week. This is one of three proper cricket grounds in Hong Kong. There are four if you include the police college's AstroTurf wicket, five if you include an all-AstroTurf ground, and eight if you include every single surface where they regularly lay out temporary pitches, including the one at King George V School in Kowloon, where Dermot Reeve was a student. Their under-17 team play four games a year, While there are more junior players than senior ones, many of those won't make it to senior cricket because of the lack of cricket facilities and other things to do with life in Hong Kong, such as the fact that education comes first, second and third. Not that it is all doom and gloom. Diasqua Little Sai Wan Cricket Club has no cricket ground, but has a thriving club that has at times boasted many Hong Kong internationals. There is also the T20 Blitz, which went for a little while and was the envy of the associate world while players like Michael Clark, Kumar Sankakara, Jesse Ryder and Tamal Mills played. The men's team consists mostly of players who learnt their cricket in Hong Kong or grew up there, but they are still struggling to find Chinese origin players. But within that, there are players like Mark Chapman, who is half Chinese origin, played for Hong Kong and went on to play for New Zealand. As far as Chinese origin players within the women's game, they have led the game there with players like Yi Shan To and Natural Yip. There are also over 400 kids of varied ethnic backgrounds playing cricket programs in Hong Kong. Hong Kong is not an easy place to play cricket, though. The only two clubs to have their own cricket grounds exclusive is the Kowloon Cricket Club and Hong Kong Cricket Club, and they are both rich private members clubs. Those with access pay a lot of money, and not all are interested in growing the local game. They just want to have access to nets to have a hit. One day, Hong Kong's best and brightest will be in the nets, and they'll have to vacate because a 63-year-old overweight banker from England has booked them. Lai plays her cricket for the Hong Kong Cricket Club, but due to the high fees, she isn't a member. Those are just the realities of cricket in Hong Kong. I am watching Lai as she's standing on a basketball court in Cloudview Road with kids who can't catch the ball. An hour into her coaching and they are finishing the day grounding their bats, slapping the balls through covers and peeing the ball back for runouts. And when it is time to go, they beg their teachers to let Lai organise one last game for them. When they get the game, one of them plays a flamingo shot, another pulls off a driving save and a girl keeping wicket starts taking the ball cleanly. While Lai is deciding who will bat next, she has a yellow plastic bat in her hand and she's tapping it against her leg. Anyone who has played or watched cricket will recognise this is not just someone holding a cricket bat, this is a cricketer. Later, she'll twirl the bat like Alex Stewart as he lectures on bat grip. Her real bat is a shiny new Montgomery. It's strapped to her back as she crisscrosses across Hong Kong using buses, trains and by foot. At one stage, she enters a park and she remembers the time that Charlie Burke, the former Hong Kong director of cricket, took a few of the women's team to the MCG. When they walked up to the ground, Burke walked off the path and cut across the grass bit. None of the women followed him. They all stayed on the path. In Hong Kong, what little grass there is is so often protected by security guards that you dare not walk on it. 
Emma Lai is a woman cricketer from an associate nation with so few cricket facilities. She has no family background in cricket, but she has walked on the grass for Hong Kong cricket. And that is an amazing thing. That she did it as captain is even better. That her job is now a professional cricketer and coach who gets to spread the cricket word is one of the sport's great achievements. Lai will continue to walk on the grass. The hope is that others will too. Double Century is a podcast based on my book, Test Cricket, The Unauthorised Biography. It is written and narrated by me, Jared Kimber. Nick McCorriston makes the entire thing exist. This podcast is made possible by the people who support us at Patreon. So please help out there if you can. The links are in the show notes. Thanks to everyone who already does. This is our first season and there will be 11 episodes in all. So please help share and review to get this podcast out there. Thank you for listening. Podcast Network.